What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Two Worlds Podcast. I'm Jake, and with me, as always, is the Orbot to my Qbot. It's Casey. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. What What's the Orbot and what's the Qbot? Oh, they're two of Doctor Robotnik's uh, robots. Oh, okay. That's the rooster and the drill dude. Yeah, their role, but for the newer kids. <laughs> man. Look at that. They're just destroying my childhood and giving kids a new childhood. That's malarkey. I had to throw in the reference, though, because Sonic turned 30 this week, so I had to slip that in. Nice. But anyway, how are you? Uh, I'm not bad, man. How are you? (laughs) I'm okay. I just uh, I read comics all day and then watched the uh, Demon Slayer movie. How is it? I've, I've heard nothing but good things. It was great. I had actually yeah. already read the manga because I was so obsessed with the, the first season that I had to know <laughs> what happened next, but it yeah. was still really cool to see an animated. Nice. So it just takes place after the first season. Then? It does. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if it was going to be one of those ones where it's like, none of this matters. Oh, just no, it definitely matters. Okay. <laughs> it was cool got- though. You got to love those anime movies where they're like, like the, my hero academia ones where it's like, Hey, this crazy stuff's happening, but guess what? By the end of it, it's going to just be like school nah, festival. Even, yeah. Those <laughs> like, we don't even remember this happening. I know dude, the last, the last season of that, like the first half was so amazing. And then the second half, when they just did that festival, I'm like, why did you end with this? It should have been the other way around. Well, I mean, it's, it's at least happy. You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't have been that many episodes, like three tops but it's like that's a nice happy ending after like the heaviness of overhaul (laughs) i know but man that the overhaul stuff was just so good (laughs) yeah no it's like that's that show and i every time i talk about it's like there's episodes where it's just like i can't watch i don't want to ever start them because i know i'm gonna have to watch that whole arc so it's like the when the they start doing like the school fest like the first school festival thing you know like where they're all like fighting each other and like Deku's like breaking all of his fingers like I have to watch that all as a whole or like <laughs> after Bakugo gets taken you know taken by the League of Villains and like they like after like that happens I'm like watching it all until it gets to the you know that gets resolved because it's so cool yeah. and then like the overhaul stuff when they start rating that I'm like yes this is so awesome and the character arc for Lamillion and all that stuff. Oh like, yeah, all he's of it like just so cool. He's like my favorite character, and I'm like, yeah. man, come on, your power is back. <laughs> anyway, welcome to our new podcast, the My Hero Academia Cast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, let's hop into some news. Casey's got just a monster stack of news this week, so why don't you take it away, bud? All right, man. I have two things. He's being very sarcastic because he's like, oh, I'm better than you for some reason. I don't really get this whole sarcasm here, but whatever. He wants to be aggressive. Might as well let him. But um, so last week I talked about uh, Fell getting, you know, made finally by image and, you know, with Warren Ellis and uh, Ben Temple Smith coming back together. And well, I don't know if it's going to get made anymore because image will not publish it after a big out, you know, outcry from people being like, ah, how can you do this? And so image isn't doing it. And so I don't know if they're, if how the rights work, I know like 
that's still a creator owned book, but I don't know if Warren and Ben will be able to go someplace else and be like, Oh, publish it here then instead, or that they can self publish or anything like that. I don't know how that works, but yeah. Yeah. And one tweet I saw that was pretty funny. It was like, they're just trying to appeal to the non-comic book fans. The ones that can't even name 10 character, 10 spawn villains. And I was just thinking in my head, I'm like, I can't name 10 spawn villains. Dude, you and I together can't name 10. Spawn yeah. Villains. It's like, it's like, I know the main, like the main bad guy. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, if you end like anything with Ur, it probably is a spawn villain. So it's like eradicator, sure. thrasher, <laughs> crasher, masher. That's so funny. You know, like even, even though Warren Ellis is a scumbag, and shouldn't have done what he did. I think image should be like, just, you know, just have the rights to your book, take it somewhere else. We don't want anything to do with it. If you want to make it, make it, you just can't make it with us. Yeah. That's how it should be. It's hundred percent how it should be because it's like the whole point image is they still, they should still own the rights to their books that they make. So I, you, you, you would think that they get to do that. So, yeah. All right. I have lots of, uh, there were lots of comic announcements in the last week, but one, I'll just, I'll just touch on a rumor and this is rumor. I know this is mildly spoilery for this upcoming week, but I heard that in the Teen Titans uh, Academy yearbook special that's coming out this week, that there's a mobile app i'm doing air quotes if you're just listening a mobile app debuting soon that's uh the all-star squadron and some people are like is this like a com like a, a sneaky comic announcement or is this just like a nod to an old series in this book and i hope that it's a comic announcement i realize there aren't a lot of all-star squadron fans out there but it was a book that I always liked from the eighties and thought it was neat. And it'd be cool to see it back, especially because like the team leader was Hawkman and we don't have a Hawkman book. So it'd be cool if you were the team leader and like helping out some of these younger or like BC list heroes become a team. Now, genuine question about this. So with the all-star squadron, cause I have like no knowledge on them. But if like they did this, like an all-star squadron book, do you think it's going to be something kind of like how uh, Marvel re- you know, brought back the champions? And it's just like, oh, yeah, we're just using the name for name recognition. We're putting whatever characters we want into this book and it doesn't have to make sense. I mean, that's probably what they do. And, you know, I, I guess I couldn't fault them. Like I said, it's not like there's a ton of people out there. They're like, oh, I loved all-star squadron. It didn't last a super long time, um, but a girl can dream. I got you, man. <laughs> um, okay. There is a new Black Manta comic book coming out in September. It's going to be a six-issue miniseries by, let's see here, Chuck Brown and valentin delandro so if you like black manta 
I think it's fine that they're doing a mini series because if you're going to do a book about Black Manta, it should probably be a mini series. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they'll probably we'll probably get some Jackson Hyde, uh, you know, uh, Aqua Lad. I don't know Aquaman. I don't know what he's what he goes by now, but uh, he'll he'll probably show up in there. Um, but either way, could be cool. Yeah, like. That's one of those things where it's like, it's a weird timing thing though. Cause it's like the Aquaman movie is not due to be out for a while. And you think that would be good to hop on that hype train or something like there's nothing, not even like a big Aquaman event going on, you know? So it's just kind of like, it's weird that he's getting this now, but I'm interested cause he's a super cool character. I think mm-hmm. that just doesn't get enough recognition. So it's like, I'm interested, but I just don't get the timing. (laughs) You think they'd make way more money if the Aquaman movie was coming out, you know, this year. It would, but I think in September, not that this like changes your opinion a whole lot, but I think September is when the Aquaman 80th anniversary is. So maybe they're okay. And they've got, I think, I think there's actually a Jackson Hyde Aqualad, um, miniseries coming out too it's called like aquaman the becoming um so i think they're just it's like oh it's aquaman's 80th let's just have like a couple aquaman universe uh miniseries that'd be cool i mean that's cool then yeah i don't i mean like i said there's no part of me that's complaining it's just still kind of like you know all right, so I'll do my other news. And this is like, I don't know how Jeff Lemire is able to sleep, I'll be honest, but he is going to publish a new comic through Image with uh, Andre Sorrento. It's called Primordial, and it's about what really happened to the animals of the space race. So, you know, all the stuff that we and the Russians sent up there, something happened. I don't know what, but Jeff's going to tell us. And I'm excited. I actually think it sounds really cool. Yeah, I do too. And it's like, you can't go wrong with Andrea Sorrento's art at all. It's He's amazing. Great. Yeah. So this is like, I'm on board for this. Like, honestly, you put those two together. I'll even read a green arrow book for a few issues. So <laughs> I I'm did pretty excited read a about green this. arrow book for a few issues. <laughs> I did, dude. I read the first two and then I just stopped picking up because it's green arrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that'll be cool i think i think in general that'll be a decently popular book for image yeah for sure okay i didn't put this in notes but there was a thing today (laughs) they they announced a couple more uh items for witcher con which again is being put on by cd project red which made the witcher games and netflix is doing the witcher show that's happening on july 9th uh let's see the items that they're that they announced uh the witcher 2 or the witcher season 2 deck of destiny and that says destinies collide when the cast and showrunner of netflix's the witcher draw cards from an enigmatic deck of fan questions that will determine the path of the panel and the immediate fate of the guests there are, uh, but these are no ordinary cards. Prepare for surprise reveals, backstage insights, and a dash of chaos as our panelists take us through their journey of filming season two. So if you like behind the scenes stuff, I think that will be pretty cool. Um, and then the CD Project Red 
They have a thing called Memories from the Path, Stories Behind the Witcher Games. And it says, for over 13 years, the Witcher series of games has captured the imagination of gamers worldwide. Now the developers behind the games discuss how they brought their immersive stories to life before revisiting old memories, uncovering forgotten artifacts, and reminiscing about their favorite moments from the franchise. I really hope that they announce a remaster of The Witcher 3 or the trilogy. It won't be the trilogy, but I could see it being number three. Why just three, not the trilogy? Um, well, the first one was PC only, and the mechanics are real bad. So unless they oh, like okay. did a lot of work, I just don't see them putting the time into it. I and The you. Witcher 3 is only six years old, and it just kind of seems like the thing developers do right now is just remaster like yeah. their most popular one, you know? But I I'm, I was going to restart the game a few weeks ago, and I was like, I'll just wait and see if they do announce a remaster and then just play that. Um, and then lastly, uh, Tales from the White Wolf, a spotlight conversation with Henry Cavill, hosted by Josh Horowitz. And it says, to close out WitcherCon, fans will hear from Geralt of Rivia himself, Henry Cavill, who will sit down with moderator Josh Horowitz for an in-depth conversation about fantasy, destiny, and the wider Witcher universe. The White Wolf may even have a surprise or two in store. So, really excited for that. I'd, any of that sounds good to me just because I'm a huge fan of everything. Oh, and they're also doing something called Geralt of Trivia, where they just have <laughs> some people that worked on the games and show do uh, Witcher-themed trivia. So Nice. Yeah, I want Mark Wade on there, and he just knows all of that stuff too. And you're like, how do you know everything? <laughs> He's just an overall trivia pro. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, if you like The Witcher at all, again, that'll be July 9th. That sounds exciting. Yeah. All right. Some more uh, comic book announcements. There's going to be a three-issue Black Label miniseries called Superman vs. Lobo. That will be written by Tim Seeley and Sarah Beatty, and the art done by the amazing Mirka Andolfo. It's going to look great. I don't know how, how the writing's going to be. Like Tim, <laughs> Tim Seeley's fine. Um, and maybe with this Sarah Beatty, who I looked up, she and Tim write this book through, uh, gosh, I'm blanking on who puts it out, but it's called Money Shot. And it's literally just like a weird space, not safe for work comic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but people seem to really like it. So, you know, maybe, maybe this Superman versus Lobo three issue mini will be good. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to check it out. You put Lobo on something. I'll check it out and Tim, like unless you know it's like a writer that I won't read but Tim Seeley's not there yet so <laughs> like I've enjoyed for the like at the at the very least with Tim it's like I like it I don't love it you know but it's yeah. it's still like a solid like and I'm pretty sure he did that last uh, Masters of the Universe miniseries and I did enjoy yeah. that so you know I'm not gonna mm -hmm. crap on it too much and then also, um, 
Chip Zdarsky is going to be writing a seven-issue miniseries on the Joker called Joker Presents a Puzzle Box. Don't really have much more info on it, but it's Zdarsky writing the Joker. I think you and I are both in for that. Yeah, I mean, Zdarsky's one of those ones that's kind of... He's got me to the point now where it's like, I'm just going to read what you write, dude. Uh, I guess I'll read another Joker book even. I I mean, <laughs> I'm not interested at all in another Joker book, but I like you a lot, Zdarsky, so this should hopefully should be good. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, speaking of seven-issue miniseries, I have no idea we're getting a Alfred Pennyworth comic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just called Pennyworth. That's written by Scott Brian Wilson and art by Juan Get- Gedeon. And I guess it's about his like MI6 days. So we get a young, sexy question mark, Alfred, and his uh, cool MI6 spy days. I'm excited to see the young, sexy exclamation point, Alfred. <laughs> um <laughs> But no, I'm like this. I don't know how interested I am in this. I mean, I would love it if the series ends with him like telling this story, you know, his life story on a beach. And they're like, how did you end up here? He's like, well, I pretended to let Bane kill me because I was tired of dealing with this little orphan that likes to play dress up. And I took my money and I came here to, you know, whatever island. And now I'm sipping my ties and living my best life <laughs> right because that's what he deserves exactly um all right and then donny Cates and ryan stegman announced this week a new publisher imprint called kids love chains and their first comic will be titled vanquish this is ryan stegman's first creator-owned series uh I think Donny Cates self-proclaims himself the bad boy of comics. <laughs> so yeah, uh, when we all know it's really Chip, right? <laughs> I guess the uh, the kids love chains is a callback to Spawn. I guess oh, okay. uh, like McFarlane either said that about Spawn or that's in a Spawn book, but that's where they got the name from. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if I also, I don't know if I said vanish or vanquish, but I think the titles vanish. Oh, okay. Um, um, what's like, what's your excitement level? Cause I know you're now Donald Cates boy. Number one. I think that's stretching it a bit. <laughs> I know. Um, a little bit. Like, honestly, like a two. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, I don't really care. Yeah, I got I've, you, man. A new imprint, like I'm not invested in any of it. And my gosh, like this week, I think I read 14 comics. It's like, dude, I, I don't need another another new thing to care about. I'm sorry, Donald. Yeah. What about you? I might check it out. It really will just depend on what it's about. Like, if it's just about, um, you know, like like the people that magicians make disappear and where they go when that happens <laughs> i will gladly read it because i've always wanted to know but if it's something else i'm not interested in i won't right on uh, 
Um, I think I just have one more thing if you want to do your other one. I did my other one. Oh, so you did. <laughs> that is that is both items. You are correct. Okay. Let's talk Spider-Man, Casey. Let's talk Spider-Man. All right. So on a previous episode, it was stated that, uh, yeah, who's right? Nick Spencer is done with Amazing Spider-Man with issue number 75. And we got word this week of what they're doing after that. And it's called Spider-Man Beyond. And I will read you what that entails. Starting in October, Amazing Spider-Man will return with a story so bombastic that it will take the greatest team of web writers and arachnid artists ever assembled to tell it. Kelly Thompson, Saladin Ahmed, Cody Ziegler, Patrick Gleason, and Zeb Wells will team up on the thrice monthly title to shake up the Spider-Man mythos in ways no one will see coming. The saga will kick off in Amazing Spider-Man 75, where Ben Riley will return to take back the mantle of Spider-Man. Backed by the Beyond Corporation, the captivating clone of Peter Parker is determined to be the best version of Spider-Man there ever was. Uh, yeah. And as some of the teasers showed this could have a, uh, a fatal consequence for Peter Parker. That's what they're hinting at. So it doesn't, doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound good. And what, what got me is the greatest team of writers and artists to tell it. And then you heard the list that's that's not it for me i don't, yeah. I don't know about anyone else but no i mean like here here's a fun question get like just do three writers just writers that you would be like this is the team for the best spider-man stories like that you would make if you want to like make a conglomerate of writers to write a thrice monthly series okay this one you might not count but I believe that Steve Ditko actually did more than just the art for Spider-Man. Yeah, that's the Marvel way. So I'm going to say Ditko, even though people will be like, well, he was just the artist. I don't think that he was just the artist. Uh, so I'm going to say Ditko. I'm also going to say, surprisingly, Dan Slott, mm-hmm. because what I read of Dan Slott Spider-Man, I thought was great. And then I think I have to go with JMS. Yeah. I mean, I would go JMS and Dan Slott for sure. And then I'd probably just throw in Mark Wade. Cause it's like, that's a layup every time it is. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Peter might die. Ben Riley's back with the support of beyond corporation and it sounds like a really poor rehashing of superior spider-man if he's determined to be the best one yet just like when doc ock did it mm-hmm. <laughs> so but that's the thing right that's what marvel's doing right now we did uh 2099 again we did heroes reborn again we've done 
you know, we had maximum carnage. Now we had absolute carnage and extreme carnage. And now we're doing superior Spider-Man again. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of like superior Spider-Man, but I know, I, mean, I know it's not, but they're not switching bodies. It's just yeah. like the idea sounds very similar. Yeah. I mean, it's like with, they, they already brought superior Spider-Man back once, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah. So I, I just think it's, uh, they're seeing how well it probably is doing twice a month. And they're like, Hey, we can milk this cow for all it's worth until people get tired of it. Dude, I, I can promise you, I will have customers that are going to drop this title because they don't want to pay for it three times a month. Yep. And especially like now, is there still other spider books out there? Um, well, I mean, there's miles and silk. Why? Well, I mean, like um, friendly neighborhood or anything like that. Nonstop. Okay. There you go. Um, why, why pay three times a month for a Spider-Man book when you can just get nonstop Spider-Man once a month? <laughs> yeah. You know, like it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And there's, Oh, and then, and then web of Spider-Man just started okay. up again. Um, spider shadows a mini series and a what if story but still you know yeah. there's, there's plenty of spider books i don't know do you have any any other thoughts to add to this uh, i think it's gonna be one of those things that's gonna probably hurt comic book shops in the long run sorry to say it bud i mean i'll just adjust orders as needed you yeah, know like i mean people will drop the book and then Marvel will get like a pretty big name writer and, you know, do another creative team change. The new writer will stay on it for six issues and then give it a new number one. <laughs> yeah. Give it a new number one. And then after that first arc, they'll give it to another set of like B team creators, I guess. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I just think, I think they're, they're stretching way too far on this one. Yeah. I think they need to get, uh, once this crap's done and once Shang-Chi's done, they need to put Yang on Spider-Man because he already showed he can do that really well. And I would be picking up Spider-Man again. Me too, unless it's coming out three times a month. Then I'd yeah. say, sorry, Yang, <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, I think that's everything. So, yeah. Thanks so, man. All right. We'll take our ad break and uh, we'll be back to talk some comics. So we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Thanks for listening to the ad. And for those just listening, if you want to hear a YouTube exclusive story instead of an ad break, you can go to our YouTube channel and watch and hear a little funny story. All right, Casey, what comics did you read, my friend? I read Gamma Flight number one, uh, Superman, or also known as Is This the End of Superman? Number 32. Wolverine 13, Fantastic Four Life Story, The 70s, number two, Robin, number three, Superman Action Comics, 1032, Batman Detective Comics, 1038, Batman Superman, 19, Infinite Frontier, number one, Silk, number four, and Batman Reptilian, book one. What about you? All right. I read Sonic the Hedgehog, 30th Anniversary. 
Mr. Miracle Source of Freedom, number two. Robin, number three. Wonder Woman, 774. Action Comics, 1032. Robin, number three. Silk, number four. Detective Comics, number 1038. Batman Reptilian, number one. And Infinite Frontier, number one. There were a couple others from the last week that I read, but I'm not going to talk about those because we have enough to talk about. I got you. All right. I'll start. The ones that that I just read um, and that you did not read, I'm going to be very brief and just say, do I recommend it or not? Because I feel like we're going to talk way too long on the ones that we we read together all right so sonic the hedgehog 30th anniversary uh this had like a whole slew of creators on it um but anyway it was a collection of short stories and all of it was great the art was fantastic we got a super cool um knuckles versus metal knuckles fight which was awesome um and it just pretty much anybody in the Sonic universe that's like relevant right now anyways, got, um, got like a short story. So it was super cool. I really liked it. The only other thing I will say about it is the very last story was titled Dr. Eggman's birthday. And, uh, he's looking around in his like lair for his robot servants. And it shows a sign up on the wall that says do not wash your hands you are a robot and i thought that was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) that is fantastic uh but anyway this was a perfect uh book for sonic's birthday um the art was truly like out of this world even for sonic books so an easy 10 out of 10 for me it was pure bliss since this is a 30th anniversary i have to ask did they get ken penders <laughs> they did not actually. Oh man, wouldn't that That's have a, been crazy? I mean, like I know it's a he's a, a, a running joke and stuff, but still, like you kind of think that they should. Yeah, but the way things ended, you you just knew they weren't going to give him a yeah. call for this. <laughs> maybe at the sixtieth. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next up for me is Gamma Flight from the pages of the Immortal Hulk, Casey's favorite. Uh, this is by Al Ewing and Crystal uh, Crystal Fraser with Lan Medina on the art, and um, yeah, it's just them trying to help out the uh, like other like other gamma infected people like uh, these are very much Al Ewing versions of the characters it's just like this is how I want to write them so this is how they'll be like there's this one awkward scene where because there's a the doctor that hangs out with them she's transgendered and so um, Sasquatch who's Samson now is rubbing her shoulders and he's like talking to her and he wants to be changed back into Samson. And he goes, uh, he, he's like, and get my old body back. And she's like, and get your old body back. Thanks. I don't think the others get it, but I knew you could relate to a feeling trapped in a body that feels so unnatural. And she gets mad and she leaves. Like, just because I'm transgender doesn't mean it's unnatural. It's not the same. He's like, oh, it's like, dude, 
he's a psychiatrist. He would know the correct way to talk to somebody. Like I put my foot in my mouth a lot. And even as I was reading this, I'm like, boy, this is terrible. <laughs> like my goodness. Like he's like, do you think just like the alleyway just go, he got his doctor back in the seventies. He doesn't know how to talk to people anymore. Like, get out of here. That was, that was just really stupid. This comic's not very good. It's, I mean, maybe if you really love the immortal Hulk, you're going to like this. I don't. So I'm going to give it a three out of 10. <laughs> My goodness. Very different uh, first reviews there. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Mr. Miracle, the source of freedom. Number two, this was written by Brandon Easton and art by Fico or Fico Osio. And this is cool. I'm kind of surprised how much I like this book. Um, again, they did change up some of the like Mr. Miracle mythos a little bit. And I don't know if I like that, but I'm also just kind of treating this book like it's alternate universe, whether it is or not. And if I think of it that way, then everything is fine. Um, yeah, it's cool. We get a little character development and uh, we learn a little bit about the Thaddeus Brown of this universe, but the art is top tier and uh, and I like where the story's going. So uh, I'm going to give it like a solid eight, but I just want to show where's the scene. Like, I think the art is just real good. That art is pretty fantastic. Yeah. It's like, why couldn't we have got that in the future state ones? I might've actually wanted to read them. Exactly. Cause this is just a total 180 from that. Yeah. But yeah. Um, eight out of 10. Like this, this is a cool mini series. Good. Oh, and you know, what's weird though with DC now, this is just like me griping about something. It's like, that could be in continuity and maybe what they're changing is changed, but it's not cause they're doing, everything happened but if it's like even if it didn't happen in this universe it still happened in this universe even if it didn't it's like how does this make sense it doesn't <laughs> right no I, it's I like the, it's like the new 52 happened but it also didn't <laughs> <laughs> okay so next is a uh, superman and this is by philip kennedy johnson with somebody on the art i'm gonna find this out really quick um gosh why is it always so hard just to find i just want to give you guys credit come on but um oh here it is on issue on page 10 um scott goldlowski on the art and this story this whole superman story so far it's just not been my favorite as far as these things go, like he's in outer space. He f beats the dark void thing. Spoiler alert. Superman doesn't die. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's very much just him kind of seeing that his son does become, you know, John is going to be a good replacement hero, basically like, Oh yeah, he's just as much of a hero as I'm ever going to be. Blah, blah, blah. That type of thing. But then the uh, backup story, which I'm loving the backup story. I know, like when you read the first issue of this series, you just didn't you, you didn't even give it a chance, if I remember correctly. But this right. backup, yeah, this backup story is actually worth it. I think uh, it's by Sean Lewis and Sam Basri on the art. The art's great. This is deals with the stuff that they talked about last time. Bibbo's trying to figure out different stuff, and yeah, it's just it's a good old time. And 
yeah, they saved the day. And that was a lot of fun. The backup story is better than the main story, in my opinion. And like, which with the main story, like I'm not knocking it in the same way. Like I knock Gamma Flight where I'm like, these characters don't seem the same, like how they should be. Like he's writing them all really well. It's just like those alien, you know, the alien stuff I just didn't care about. It's still a well-written story. So like, I can't really like be like, uh, kicking it and yelling about it. Like I was Gamma Flight. So like, I'm gonna give this like a, probably a seven out of 10. I think plenty of people could be like, Casey's crazy. This is fantastic. Cause it's still a very well-written thing. And the art's great too on both stories. Right on. I'm glad that you're enjoying it. For, For now, because isn't it going away? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> For some reason, I just got way more attached to action than the Superman it's, book. It's the better story. Yeah. It honestly is. So fair enough. <laughs> okay. Wonder Woman 774 that's written by Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan with art by Andy McDonald. And so this is the first issue after all of the um, Norse mythology stuff. They come back to um, Olympus and it's on fire and they find one survivor like everyone else is gone. And he's like, I was two people and we got split in half and I'm the good half and the bad half did all of this. And she's crazy. And she sent all of your gods to the graveyard of the gods. And so Wonder Woman goes there to, uh, to try to find the gods, but she needs help from Boston brand, the one and only dead man. And yeah, uh, they get there and it, as soon as I get there, it's like to be continued. So it was pretty short and sweet, but uh, it was very cool. They set up this new baddie um, in a pretty neat way, like the whole split personality thing. Um, I was a big fan. The art wasn't as good as it was in the last arc, but it was still pretty awesome. Um, but overall, really, really good. Like, I can't really find many complaints for it. So I got to give it like a nine out of 10. Nice, man. I'm not going to lie. This whole time I was thinking this is like way in the past, not like actual, like in kind of like in current timeline book when you were talking about it with all the different North stuff going on. So like, Oh, that just makes sense that this would be way back in the day. How it ties in is at the end of death metal. When Wonder Woman's like, I don't want to be a part of your group. I want to go back to earth and be Wonder Woman. Uh, She died and just woke up in Valhalla instead of okay. normal earth stuff. Yeah. But, but I feel like she's getting back to that point. She's just going on this journey before she gets there. I got you, man. All right. So next for me is going to be Wolverine 13. And I'm just going to preface this by saying, I did not like the fact that this was a tie in to the hellfire gala. Uh, but this by Benjamin Percy and Scott Eaton on the pencils. So yeah, like you have some crazy stuff happening at the Hellfire Gala and it's just like, I don't know. I didn't really care about this book as I was reading it. It's just, it's another one of those tie in books where I'm like, I'm not invested in the main story. You get to see Wolverine kill some like, or stab some stuff a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I just wasn't too 
into it, especially after that last series, you know, like the last arc that we had with the Wolverine where he's fighting vampires and doing all this cool stuff. And then now it's like, oh, he's at the gala and there's Krakoan stuff, you know, that's getting all cranky. And oh, it turns out Beast is kind of a jerk. Who knew? And so, yeah, like it it's whatever i feel bad because like i just gave a really bad rating to the marvel book that i like was like oh yeah dc was good and then now it's like boo marvel but yeah i'm gonna give this a five out of ten yeah when i saw it wasn't him with vampires and omega red i was like i don't need to read this yeah (laughs) all right i think my last six we read together oh okay so Okay, so my next is Fantastic Four Life Story, the 70s. And this is by Mark Russell with Sean Izaki. Maybe that's how you say his name on the art. And so like the art in this is really good. I don't, I still am not the biggest fan of some of the characterizations. So like, because it's just, and also this one was very much a Sue and Reed book. It's like, Johnny may have been in five panels and Ben Grimm wasn't in it until the end. And it's like, boy, you're using my two least favorite Fantastic Four members for a book and not even giving my favorites a time to shine. But there's some Dr. Doom in this. And, you know, it's very much dealing with like the struggle of being married to Reed Richards and being Sue Richards, you know, and like it ends with them kind of breaking up, like separating and, um her hooking up with namer and ben Grimm's like i'm moving in with you reed even though the last issue they weren't friends really until like the very end of that so it's like it's weird that all of a sudden they're you know ben's like ah buddy we're both gonna be heartbroken together you know so that's a bit odd so yeah it's just i want to love this book i truly do i just haven't got there yet i'm hoping the next issue i'm gonna be like guys just wait it out till the third issue it's magnificent but right now it's still like just a, i'm gonna give six out of ten sounds very middle of the road yeah i mean i'm being a little nice if i'm being honest in my opinion but it's like this is just my inner want of it to be good so i'm like i'm gonna will it <laughs> Oh, yeah. I have more to talk about. Sorry. Yep. (laughs) Um, So next is uh, Batman and Superman. And again, this is going to show my bias once I find the the teams. Okay. So Gene Luen Yang was the writer. And then we had Emmanuel Lupacino, Steve Lieber, Derek Robertson, and Kyle Holtz all on the art. And that is a great lineup, by the way. Yeah. And it since it's like these different, the super, these Superman are going to these different film reels of worlds and they're doing, you know, like doing their stuff. It, that's when it changes. And it's such a seamless change. Cause there's times where like, you'll have, you know, one artist and then it goes to the next artist and it's just kind of like jarring, you know? Yeah. And that's when it sucks when they do use different artists on a book, but when it's like this and it works, it works really well. The story itself is a bit odd, but I'm really digging it. Like it's, you know, you have these, the two little Superman trying to fight this God of, like of storytelling basically. And 
it's really cool. We get some neat characters. You get, uh, I can't believe I'm blank on her name. I'll find it really quick because she's a cool character when she's not written by a certain somebody. But, um, oh, what's her name? What's her name? I can't believe I'm not playing. Oh, Alana from uh, this, you know, Adam Strange, whatnot. Sure. And then we have, um, oh, what? Where's he at? Because he's a uh, El Diablo is in it also. So we were getting Suicide like a kind of from uh, old Western comics because they're in old Western world. Oh. So get... Okay. And there's one part where like he shoots some shoots some people and uh, like Robin's like, whoa, you sure about that? No guns rule, Batman? He's like, I'm sure. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty great. <laughs> and then like later on, Batman throws his battering uh, thing and the uh el diablo is like slick boomerang he's like tell that to the kid i was like that's 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 fun but yeah i like this book it's an odd one though like if you're not like up for like some weird weird stuff don't check it out but if you're like open to the weirdness yeah 100 percent read it i'll give that an 8 out of 10 I wanted to read that just based on the cover. I was like, oh, is this like a time travel story where they're cowboys? Because this looks fun. But then it's a it's it. a lot of fun. But like, dude, if you if you picked up on that's like a big like knock on this book is like if you picked up on that one, you'd be like, I don't know what I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. And so lastly is the Detective Comics 1038. I read so, this yeah, one. Oh, you did. Okay, sorry. I was like, you hadn't been reading it, so I just, I just didn't think you had. So yeah, I think we're all caught up then. I would like, if you don't mind, to do Infinite Frontier last. Okay, I'll move that. Let's do. Yeah, we can start with since I already mentioned Detective. We can do Detective, and then what other ones? You is there any preference you have for the others? No, whatever. All right, we'll just do Detective, and then. Uh, Batman Reptilian, then Silk, and then Robin and Infant Frontier. Yes. Did you? You didn't do action. Oh, where is action? Oh, action is here. Yeah, I had action in a different spot. So that threw me off. Um, yeah, I'll. Well, let's do action and detective one after the other. Okay. <clears throat> Boy, this would be good if we actually prepared better. Shoot. <laughs> All right, so action before detective. I uh, will just do since I already mentioned detective. We'll do detective and then action. Okay. So this is by um, Tamaki and Victor Bogdanovich on the art. The art's fantastic. What do you think of this one? Uh, I liked it. I think that. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. I think that this Mister Worth guy is just a little too crazy. Um. It's just he's done nothing but the screaming stuff for the last like three issues. And I get that his daughter just died, but uh, it, he's just a little too much sometimes. And like the one thing that really bugged me and, and clearly there's some uh, corruption going on, but this guy gets out of jail. And the first thing he does is hold a press conference and then threatens to kill two people and he doesn't get arrested again or anything yeah no like it's kind of dumb in that way because it's like yeah you have 
and also, first off, the last issue, I mentioned this briefly. There was a part when he's like, Bruce, where are you? And then Batman shows up. He's like, I'm right here. So it's like you're basically telling him that you're banned and the dude's too stupid to pick up on that, mm-hmm. which was dumb. And then like the fact that he can give Batman a run for his money. And he also has a bazooka that has unlimited ammo and like a clip because it's just like a bazooka you load from the front you know and it's even shows like it should be but it's like no unlimited ammo like in a video game and he's like just keep pull the trigger keeps shooting and it's well, like i i knew it was gonna be like that when she, when tamaki refers to it as a cannon yeah. in one panel and i was like oh now it makes sense <laughs> yeah it's like that was pretty dang goofy and it's also just the fact that this is batman he beats people you know this is like some <coughs> regular person that was gross yeah. and you know and like he beats up everybody and then it's like oh no this billionaire is giving it to him and it's like that was pretty dumb there's a lot to like gripe like many gripes about it but i didn't hate the story it's oh, just no. kind of like there's just a lot of like these things that's like Tamaki's better than that in my opinion you know yeah and so it's like if this was done by someone that wasn't as good i probably wouldn't complain as much but yeah right on to on to some of the positives though the art really is that good and then um i i like the dynamic with huntress i think that's pretty cool i'm glad yeah. that she's a part of this and also they are still like not as much as the last couple issues, but they are still doing or approaching these uh, scenes like detectives and like thinking mm-hmm. about uh, you know, all these different aspects, which I think is cool. Um, yeah, it's just some of the other goofy things sort of took me out of it a little bit. Now I have a question for you. What do you think of Huntress's like updated costume? Um. I mean, it kind of makes sense. I I, I kind of like the uh, the short sleeve, but then like tall glove thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the gauntlets are neat, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's fine. Yeah, like I'll say that the only downside of this is like this one looks more like a cosplay, where the other one looked more like a superhero costume. That's the only like the only downside I have to it, where it's like. I think it looks cool, but it doesn't look, it looks more like something that someone made from their, you know, closet, which is like, she's not a billionaire. I don't think so. It makes sense that she could make something like this versus a superhero suit type thing. Right. Like the, the belly shirt is kind of weird. And then the shirt itself doesn't look like it's going to be bulletproof at all. I know that if she were to get shot or whatever, it'd be like, Oh, good thing. This is Kevlar, but it's like, it doesn't really look like it. Well, it won't be Kevlar. It'll be, you know, Mevlar, they're uh, the thing that's lighter and more and, yeah. you know, even better than Kevlar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I I probably, I did like the backup though with, uh, with Penguin and the Batgirls. I thought that was pretty neat. And, and the art was really cool too. And it's nice to see Penguin not be a total joke for yeah once in the last several years. So yeah, the, the backups by uh, Megan Fitz Martin and Carl Mostert, and yeah, the they wrote Penguin really well. We don't get Penguin written well a lot, but when he is written well, he's actually, in my opinion, one of the most compelling Batman villains. Yeah, but it's just like it's really easy to make him a joke. It is. 
with the backup, I will give the whole comic a seven. Without the backup, it's probably a six. Yeah, I'm going to give it a seven also. So, yeah, it's perfectly fine. Also, the the artist, I think, has a lot of Greg Capullo Mm -hmm. characteristics to his art, which is awesome. So normally it'd be like, whoever follows up Dan Mora is going to be a disappointment. But this really wasn't a disappointment. Not at all. All right. Next, we've got Action Comics 1032. This is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson and art by Daniel Sampier. And Casey, what did you think of this one? Uh, I I actually really liked it. Um, Philip Kennedy Johnson is really good. It's kind of building up this world in an interesting way. Some of the Atlanta stuff I didn't care too much about, but it's like, this is just so that, you know, give Superman the reason to go to war, you know, more reason to go to war world. But then like, when you have Steve Trevor coming down telling, you know, trying to demand stuff from Aquaman, it's like, really, dude, come on. Like your best bet would be to call your girlfriend, but she does, you know, she's not here. So you have no chance. <laughs> yeah. It's funny for him to be like, if you don't give me the thing, it's going to be war. And it's like, you see this gun, right? It's like, dude, these people are underwater magicians. Yeah. <laughs> they know magic. They can control water. They can control the water of life. Like you don't stand a chance. Um, but I, I just think they're they're just building up this like mystical artifact mm-hmm. stuff with with Atlantis, and I think that's fine. Overall, I think it's really great. I think the art is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, for me, and I and I did not read the backup because <laughs> I, didn't I either. I just can't care about it, and I don't think yeah. the art looks good. But uh, just the main story for me is gonna be an eight. Yeah, I. I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a seven also, but the main story is outstanding. It's just, I hate paying, you know, five bucks for a book and not reading the whole thing. Yeah. Which is fair. Okay. So Batman reptilian by Garth Ennis and Liam Sharp. I was really hyped for this book and I'm not going to lie. Little let down. Um, I like Liam Sharp's art more in green lantern, I think a big part of that is because he's able to use more light colors and this is like very dark. So it's like kind of hard to tell what's going on at times in my opinion, but everyone like this, the way that the characters look and stuff, it is still pretty cool if you like the Liam Sharp designs, but the story itself, I just, I don't know. Wasn't into really. I'm, I'm into it enough to be like, I want to see what happens, but yeah what'd you think uh i liked it more than you did i uh i think that some of it was gritty just to be gritty and that's just kind of how garth ennis is like having some of batman's villains spoiler alert die in these like horrible you know mutilated ways this is outside continuity so it doesn't really count so if it's going to be ultra violent then you know i'm here for that but i think the art was awesome this is like right out of a 90s or early 2000s uh like vertigo book or even dc book like it really reminds me of there was this three issue dr midnight comic that matt wagner wrote 
and the art really took me back to that. So there's some nostalgia there, but that's just how good of an artist Liam Sharp is. Uh, so yeah, I picked it up just because Liam Sharp's name was on it, but I think Garth Ennis does an okay job. I think some of his, uh, his dialogue for Batman is actually like kind of cool and funny in some yeah. parts where I'm like, it's, it's nice to see him, uh, just be like, look, I will break your legs if you don't tell me what I want to know. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's nice to hear, even if it gets to be too much, uh, if he does it all the time, but I like this issue. I thought it was pretty neat. Um, uh, probably like a seven for me. Yeah. I'd give it a five. Liam Sharp's art, like I said, is great, but pretty dark. And it's also just kind of like, I don't know. This, it didn't grab me as well as I wanted it to. So I'm, I'm, ex- I am still excited for the next issue because I feel like that's where stuff's going to pick up more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we've got Silk number four. This was written by Maureen Gu and art by Takeshi Miyazawa. Casey and then uh, really, really quick, I just want to highlight, like, we haven't been highlighting the cover artist, but this cover art is awesome. And it's by Pyong Joon Park. And look at this cover for people on the YouTubes. That's great. Like the silk covers have been knockouts, but yeah. this is probably my least favorite issue of this series so far, which it's like, that's not saying much since I think I've given them all like nines and tens. So, you know, you're going to get one that's not as good as that, but this was just, it was very much a filler issue in my opinion, just kind of like giving a lots of exposition and stuff. What'd you think? I actually liked it slightly more than number three. Oh, okay. Um, just because I didn't have a clue who this this lady is, this villain, or or her dad, who I know is an established Spider-Man character. I didn't have a clue who they were, and this yeah. told me who they were. So I was like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh, it's it is still a filler issue. There's not like a lot of silk in it, so. For me, it's it's still like a seven, but like an appreciative seven. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, I think I gave all the other ones like nines and tens, maybe an eight. So like this is gonna be a seven for me also. And like I said, for again for me, it's like this is probably one of my favorite Marvel books. So this is a low score for it, but for a normal book like you know anything by Al Ewing, this would be a really high score. <laughs> and i mean if you had even told me six months ago that a silk book was one of my favorite marvel titles i'd have laughed at you but i know uh, it's pretty great like i need to remember the writer i'm gonna re look at that name because like i want to marine when this is yeah when this is done i'm like i need to read more by her you know get this name implanted in yeah for sure all right so Which brings us next to what are we doing, Robin? Robin. Okay. And this is by Josh Williamson with Gleb Melanikov on the art. And how are your initial thoughts, man? Um, I really, really liked the little sit down with uh, with Connor and Damien, mm-hmm. where they're just talking about their not so great dads. Uh, cause I thought, I really thought that this was just going to be Damien finding Connor being like, you're my number one rival. And then just angst 
throughout the whole thing. Yeah. But then we didn't get that. They sat down and had a nice conversation and like laughed together. And I'm like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that is not what I expected. So I thought that was cool. I even liked the little part where they're at the party and he steals Shrike's knives and does a knife trick. Like, you know, this book isn't super serious and that's kind of refreshing. Yeah. And then, you know, we get the big reveal on the last page. So what'd you think? Yeah. I really liked it. Um, I think it's a fun book. Uh, like one thing that does kind of annoy me and this is nothing like it's, they very much age Connor down so he can match Damien. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, otherwise it would be weird, kind of weird if someone Dick Grayson's age is like BFF with Damien. Yeah. But other than that, it's a fun time. Like there's nothing like nothing more you can really ask for from a Robin book, in my opinion. So yeah, I get I'm gonna give it a eight out of ten. And it's it's gonna be a nine for me. Nice. Okay. Final book. Yep. All right. So we've got Infinite Frontier number one. And this is written by Joshua Williamson and art done by Zermanico. Really quick. I have a, I, I know you are leading the front, but I just want to ask cause I'd forget. Otherwise, what was your opinion on the Mitch Gerard's cover? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. Really? Like, I don't know. I don't like how he drew Alan and Jade at all. Will you hold it up? Because I had to bring home the variant. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess Alan's face isn't great, but I, yeah. I think the rest of it sure is. Maybe I'm still salty that he blocked me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, as a person, I'm not a fan of his, but I can't <laughs> deny how good of an artist he is. But well, yeah, um, I'll let you take back the lead now. Oh, sure. Um, so yeah, was it the end of Death Metal where we get the Justice in- Incarnate? Is that what it's called? What are they calling themselves? Yeah, I think it's the. It was either that or inf- like the Infinite Frontier. Num- no, it was the end of Death Metal. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, th- this is a lot of setup. Like we see lots of people across the multiverse. Uh, but overall, you know, I thought this was pretty neat. Um, we get, was it earth earth? Which earth is it? The flashpoint Batman. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, is it called flashpoint? Yeah. Flashpoint bath, Batman. I called him Batman. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different hero. Uh, Batman crash lands on, um, Calvin Ellis, Superman's, um, I guess Smallville is what you call it. But anyway, uh, yeah, we just meet the Justice Incarnate. We see Captain Carrot, who I'm sure Casey enjoyed seeing. Uh, and then the other members were Aquawoman, Mary Marvel, and Machine Head. And they're all from the different Earths. Uh, yeah, and then we get Barry zooming through all the Earths too, gathering research about all of them. And um, he stumbles across the uh, the quintessence, but spoiler alert, they're all dead. Uh, but I do really like um, 
when he's like buzzing through the different art styles and uh and times i guess you'd say it i don't know i thought that was a pretty neat page where it just shows barry and different art styles from different eras yeah and it's funny because whenever uh whenever that villain starts walking down the steps um i was like oh my gosh is that psycho pirate and then you turn the page and it was and i was so yeah. excited that i guessed it right uh but they actually made him look crazy cool in my opinion they did and um, what do you think about the uh roy stuff i thought it was pretty neat and then i got real confused on the last page <laughs> same so like the beings he made with his ring were already there like did he make them before we saw them and he was down on the ground like what what happened i mean i think he didn't know that he had a black lantern ring and then when they attacked it was just like oh now i've got my black lantern ring and it's doing stuff that i don't know what it's doing that's how i took it okay fair enough but i really don't know either I will like one thing I'm curious about, and I wonder if they're going to explain it, which Joshua Williamson probably will. But you didn't read read Tom King's Batman run, but in that um, the uh, old uh, Flashpoint Thomas Wayne Batman was the main bad guy. Spoiler alert for those that haven't read it, but we're like planning on it. It's he's like the main main baddie, and it's like never really explained why why he's the bad guy i always felt like i missed an issue which i when i was looking back i didn't but it wasn't very really explained very well how he planned it all out and all that stuff like it was basically just like no i want i want to live my life with my son and he doesn't need to be batman type of nonsense so it's like after all the crap that he did in that series he got sent away and now he's looking for barry allen and he's just going to be a good guy now what's going on here yeah, I don't know. Like I said, lots and lots of setup. Like we get yeah. a lot of different characters here. Um, where was where was my train of thought going there? I don't remember. Oh, I will say, uh, maybe they're similar. It's been so long since I read Blackest Night. I thought that he had a white lantern ring, but I guess the after looking it up, the white and black lantern rings look pretty much the same. <laughs> so I guess I guess it is a black lantern ring, but I was I got really confused because I don't really know what all the different rings do at this point. But yeah, I didn't I didn't read Brightest Day and the Blackest Night ones, it was just kind of like I didn't know all the stuff that they could do. I don't even think they were ever fleshed out that well as far as I know, but I think it's just, he has that now cause he's dead. That's my, that's how I'm taking it. So right on either way. Um, I did overall like it, like, you know, the, the entire time I'm reading it up until that last page where I got confused, I was like really enjoying it. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm definitely in for the other five issues of this series, unless it just really tanks, but, uh, but overall, I thought it was pretty cool. Nice. What do you get out of 10? Um, probably like an eight. It loses yeah. two points for that last page because I was real confused. But <laughs> otherwise, yeah, eight. Yeah. 
Like I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. I actually I I really loved it. I the art was great. The story I like it was great and like a good a telltale sign for me if I loved it or not with a book. It's always like I put it down like that's it. I want more, you know, and that's how I was with this. So yeah, I gotta give it a nine out of ten. Are you hoping for more uh for more jade? Yeah, like I mean honestly, like I wish this was just a bigger book in general, because it's just like I was invested in all of these stories and we barely got any of it, you know? Yeah. So I'm just hoping for all of it to be more. I'm like the, the kid in Willy Wonka. I want more. <laughs> Here's a question. Did you know the skeleton guy and that lady? No idea. Okay. I'm glad it's not just me. I was like, yeah. Oh boy, what did I not read that I should have? Oh, read? <laughs> um, it was She-Ra and Skeletor. Come, oh, come on, on. You, I, I would have you known say that. you're a fan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, really, really looking forward to the rest of that. Okay, so what are you excited for this week, man? Well, the top of the list, to no one's surprise, Beta Ray Bill. I think that's going to be super cool. Also going to say Witcher, which is Lament number two. Um. And then probably one of the the Star Wars books because I've, I've been digging all that stuff here lately. I can tell you it's not Black Knight. <laughs> oh, it's not? <laughs> I figured that'd be number one on your list. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm going to say Shang-Chi, number two. I mean, that book is just great. Um, let's go with the uh, Godzilla Rivals versus Hedorah. And then I'm going to say Daredevil because come on. Come on. It's the best. Yeah. 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 All right, man. I think it's time for a fantastic four. Am I right? You are correct. All right. So I might try to put a little bit of the song into our, when I put this, you know, we get it all recorded, but there's this song called the most undesirable song. I saw it on Instagram and I'm like, what and it's 21 minutes long and these composers made what they can like they took polls of like what's the least thing that you want in a song and then they're like okay we're gonna make make a song with this stuff there's like opera and rap mixed together there's like just random noises thrown in it's terrible and like i haven't been able to finish it yet because like i said 21 minutes but I was thinking, what if they someone made the most undesirable comic book? So like, like make me a comic with a writer, artist, character, and plot. It can be Marvel or DC, but it needs to be something that's not going to make a lot of money. Sure. So before I go with my off the cuff answer, I was gonna make make a joke and say New Fifty Two vibe, <laughs> Jeff Johns, because <laughs> I think that just pretty much sums up what you yeah. want. <laughs> pretty much. But if I have to come up with one on my own, it's a Legion of Superheroes miniseries, but it's all the like really really lame Legionnaires. So we've it's got all of them hey now you're an all-star uh we've got arm fall off boy chlorophyll kid matter eater lad and bouncing boy 
I'm leaving Poor out the kid was my nickname in high school. <laughs> yeah, it was can confirm. Uh, I didn't include any of the ladies because most of the ladies have pretty cool powers in the Legion of Superheroes. This will be written by Scott Lobdell and art done by Rob Liefeld. Um, and the plot is that arm fall off boy learns that when his arms fall off, a part of his soul dies. So this group has to go and collect all of the arms that have fallen off <laughs> to put his soul back together. I mean, that, I'm in. That's what I got for you. <laughs> I'm in. I think that's that's going to be a new series for DC for sure, man. Yeah, well, they, they better let me write it because... And I was firing on all cylinders for that idea. Um, Scott Labdell is going to write it. <laughs> You're the editor on it. So that's why you come up with the idea uh, and then okay. he, he executes it. Sure. He'd, he'd, he'd try, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, man? So I just came up with my creative team. I didn't come up with an actual book, but the creative team would be Joss Whedon and... Um, to no surprise, Rob Liefeld. Um, <laughs> just because it's like, those are two big names. And like the first issues would sell probably pretty well. But by the end of it, they'd be losing money on those books because it's like, first off, I don't know if you ever read a Joss Whedon comic. It's not the best. And then you add in the fact that it's like, oh, one issue will come out this year. Next one might come out the same year. Maybe it comes out two years from now eight months maybe i don't know we'll find out and then you know rob liefeld's art especially i have a feeling especially with a writer like whedon it wouldn't work very well like because liefeld can be like pretty good if he's working with a writer that he likes or he's just really focused and he's you know doing his stuff and it's like i'm not a fan of it but it's like i can see that but when he's working with like when it's like something that he doesn't really care about which I working with a Joss Whedon would be, it would be very, very bad. <laughs> so is that how, how the, because uh, he wrote Astonishing X-Men. Did it really come out like once a I, year? So I didn't read that. I read his Runaways run. Oh. And I had that via like the Marvel uh, subscriptions because that's the only way you get it at the time. And so it would be like, I would forget that I had a subscription to it because I signed up for 12 <laughs> issues. Yeah. And that 12 issues took like three years to get done. Wow. Yeah. And so like when then when he left the arc, we had this other person coming in. It wasn't very good and it just kind of went downhill from there. But yeah, it just was it good when it did come out. I mean, like, I always say the only other person that's really got those characters since Brian K. Vaughn's Rainbow. So it's like, it still kind of felt like, you know, someone doing like uh, just their, you know, fan fiction of these characters. So it's yeah. just like, uh, he introduced a new character from the past and other characters from the past. And there's a guy with metal wings and. <laughs> well i'm sold yeah it's like the mo like, it's one of those things too now like especially now where it's like if you're like oh i want to read all the runaways like it's the most skippable arc <laughs> right all right well does uh 
Does that bring us to the end of the episode? I think it does, man. All right. Well, then let's do the closing plugs. If you would, please go like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash two worlds podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on Instagram at two worlds pod. You can email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on YouTube, just two worlds podcast on YouTube. Um, Please subscribe, turn on notifications, all that jazz. And uh, if you haven't, please review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. It would really help us out. Now, we'd love to stay in chat, but we have to go uh, tidy up the death egg for Dr. Robotnik. So we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.